Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 342 of Linux in the Hampshire. This is our Weekender episode. I'm not sure which Weekender it is, but we've done quite a few of them up till now. 997. No, I don't think we're quite that far ahead. But anyway, this is the Weekender of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, where we discuss upcoming events, special events, contests, distributions, and all sorts of interesting information. And then we dive headlong into hedonism where we talk about food and drink and all things that make life worth living. And the folks who are doing that with you tonight are myself, Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And yeah, you make us talk about this other stuff. We only want to talk about that last part. Well, I know we only want to talk about that last part, but some (laughs) some people actually want some like relevant content. So we... I don't know, but we do throw. Are in you some saying of we that. pad this with content just so we can talk about what we want to talk about? <laughs> I would never make that suggestion. Right? <laughs> I would never agree truthful. to that assumption. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not out loud, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it, but. <laughs> so let's talk about some stuff you can do in amateur radio over the next couple of weeks, and Bill will tell us what those things are. At least some of them. Yeah, we got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on this uh, coming weekend here. And of course, you can check those things out on contestcalendar.com. Uh, the contest I highlighted this week uh, was Airy International DX Contest. It runs from 1200 Zulu May 2nd to 1159 Zulu May 3rd. Modes are CW, single sideband and RIDI. That's 80 meters through 10 meters, no work. And hey, it's time to collect those Italian provinces in the contest. Uh, and there is an important notice with this one that the multi-op category suspended in 2020 following the recommendations of the IARU. And given the current situation, the multi-operator categories, both multi-op single TX and multi-op multi-TX, are spent on the 2020 edition of, I guess that means are done or not there. <laughs> Are spent. That's kind of a weird word. Uh, it must be a translated version I got from this. Uh, 2020 edition of the Airy International DX Contest. The difficult uh, choice was necessary to avoid the movement of people to the multi-operator stations and to avoid the gathering of people in such a delicate moment. We encourage all participants to operate as Singole Operatori. <laughs> Single single operator from their home Singoli station. Singoli operatori. Yeah, singoli operatori. Singoli operatori. And have some pasta with that too. So <laughs> for further questions, <laughs> please write the meatball. Yeah, <laughs> please write to them at hfcontest.airy at gmail gmail dot com. So there you go. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> 
<laughs> Gamel. Can you Gamel. tell it's com. sliding downhill already? Yes, yes. They're talking gonna, about this as far as field up. days, too, as far about getting rid of uh, multi-op stations and just doing stuff at home and so on. Yeah, to, be prepared. Uh, be yeah. prepared. That's definitely going to be around. And uh, stake. QSO Party Challenge. This is a very busy weekend for us. This has the uh, Seventh Call Area QSO Party, the Delaware QSO Party, the Indiana QSO Party, and the New England QSO Party. Oh, do we know anybody who's in the Seventh Call Area? Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. Do we? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've done that before and it's fun. I, uh, I have a, like a secret spot. <laughs> not, not really secret. <laughs> But it's like less than about 20, uh, 20 minutes from the house here, and it's a corner of three counties. But um, after sending those counties on CW, because <laughs> you have to send all three counties and all three exchanges and make sure they copy it and they don't mess it up, um, it's slightly painful. Um, but every contact is three contacts, so it really kind of pumps your score up. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun for the, the, the county hunters to, uh, to get them. And of course now with the state QSO party challenge, obviously, you know, any of these that you participate in and turn in a log with at least three uh, contacts in, which if you hit somebody in those three corner counties, boom, done, one and done, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's the time to do it. And, uh, the contesting software normally allows you to play all of them at the same time. Um, I'm not sure how you separate them offhand, but you can probably send them all, and it's fine. Uh, they'll they'll figure it all out on their end. If not, they'll tell you so. Um, but yeah, like I think N1MM and a lot of the other contest logging software uh, is already set up to handle these uh, multi QSO party weekends. So uh, you just kind of load in which ones you're participating in. It has all the uh, all the uh, multipliers in there so you can track them and and auto correct them or whatever so uh yeah so that's uh that's uh, this weekend next weekend we got a couple of contests to highlight here we have the volta worldwide ready contest and that's running from 1200 zulu on may 9th to 1200 zulu on may 10th and that of course is running in ready uh bands are 80 through 10 no work uh, this is the single sideband and ready club of Como and the Airy Association Radio Amatori Italiani are pleased to announce the uh, details of the 54th Alessandro Volta Ridi DX contest. This contest is organized to increase interest in Ridi mode. Warble, warble, warble. As used by radio amateurs to honor the Italian discoverer of electricity, Alessandro Volta. With a spicy meatball <laughs> and a squid inca pasta. So there you go. <laughs> and Lagastone or Lagastone. What are those? Langastones or whatever? Langostino? Langostinos. Lobsters. Yeah. The yeah. little mini lobsters. Yeah. Those, right. those are awesome. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, also, we have the CQM International DX contest, and that's running from 1200 Zulu on May 9th to 1159 Zulu on May 10th. And the modes there are CW and single sideband, and that one's running 160 through 10. No work. So you can do a little top band action in there. The main goals of this uh, International DX contest, the CQM, are to unite people in a peaceful coexistence as to contact as many other amateurs and as many other countries on the list of the P150C award as possible. And, of course, I had to look at the P150C because I had absolutely no idea what this is. And apparently this is the Russian version of the DXCC. So, <laughs> so, so you do have to kind of do your, uh, uh, you know, uh, cross splice of stuff there. If you're actually chasing that, I don't know if you are, but hey, it's out there if you are. 
And of course, the uh, State QSA Party Challenge for uh, two weeks from now is Arkansas. So they're all by themselves. So enjoy that uh, Arkansas QSA Party in addition to your State QSA Party Challenge. Oh, very good. Might have to try and remember the Arkansas QSA Party and work some of my old people that I used to know. <laughs> there you go. Assuming they're working the QSA Party, which we have no idea. So the QSO parties have been pretty busy, so it's it's a lot of activity. So <laughs> I think the bands have been pretty busy in general. So yep, why? Because everybody's stuck because everyone's right stuck now. at home and not doing anything and it's working from home. So might as well magic have the radio of on. propagation, right? Yeah, when more people are actively CQing, the propagation improves. <laughs> propagation stays exactly the same. There's just more on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's not true. Totally no, no, okay. So we're we're warming up the ethers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're increasing the temperature of the atmosphere. Yep. So moving on, we have some amateur radio special event stations coming up, and I'll try not to butcher these too bad because I'll have to fix them in the etherpad later. But the first thing is the Iowa State Park on the air, specifically Lake Darling, Iowa. They'll be operating on May 2nd from 1400 Zulu to 2200 Zulu. The call sign will be W0ARC. It'll be the Washington Area Amateur Radio Club doing the operating. They'll be operating on 14275, 14070, 7225, and 7080. There'll, of course, be a QSL card available for that. And you can visit the website that'll be in the show notes for more information. We also have coming up the 75th anniversary of the victory in Europe. This is operating from May 8th through May 23rd. 1800 Zulu through 2359 Zulu daily. The special event call sign is Whiskey 2 Victor, and this will be the VOA Radio Club out of Connecticut operating on frequencies on or about 14345, 21345, 7245, and 3.845. And there'll be more information that will be published in the show notes as well with a link to more places <laughs> you can get more information about this special event station. Then we have the Golden Spike Celebration Special Event Station, Whiskey 7 Golf, which will be operating May 8th and May 9th, 1500 Zulu to 2300 Zulu daily. Out of Utah, from the Ogden Amateur Radio Club, and they'll be operating on or about 14.255, 7.235, 14.04, and 7.04. There'll be a QSL available, and this is the commemoration, of course, of the Golden Spike that joined the Transcontinental Railroad at Promontory Summit, Utah, back in the day, in 1869. So check that out. There's actually a website for this, whiskey7golf.org. That'll, of course, be in the show notes. And finally, we have the World War I Armistice Commemoration, operating on May 9th from 1400 Zulu through 2200 Zulu, with a call sign of Whiskey, Whiskey 1, Uniform Sierra Alpha, in layman's terms, SWW1USA. This is going to be out of... The Kansas City, Missouri National World War One Museum, which we go by all the time when we're down by Union Station. So that's pretty cool. It'll be single sideband 14225 and 7.25 and CW 1406 and 706. It'll be a certificate and possibly QSL available. And this is the 101st anniversary of the signing of the peace treaties ending World War One. And the operations will be out on the lawn. Presumably, they'll be social distancing as necessary. Yeah, because it says local and visiting hams are welcome to come and visit. So, What was the thing I heard yesterday about not calling it social distancing, but calling it physical distancing? Because the yes. idea is you don't want to distance each other socially, just 
physically. Physically, yes. Right. right. Yeah, social so, uh, social distancing gives a poor connotation to exactly yeah. what you want to accomplish. We don't want you to isolate yourself from human contact and become a hermit. <laughs> right. We just want you, to isolate you from We just want you to be contact. 6 to 12 feet away from yeah. your fellow yeah. human being. So yeah. just talk a little louder, that's all. <laughs> yeah. We should go do that. We've got to be in Kansas City anyway. Yep. Sometime this month. Oh no, we're going to be going one one way or another. Well, no, we've got to be Kansas in Kansas City. Time. Here we come. Yep. Yep. Bah, 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 bah. I'll play the new basement tape song, but <laughs> it's copyrighted, so can't do it. Oh, yeah. We could sing it, though, right? <laughs> I, I love that song. She, she I did you. crap out of it. So. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, that's the end of the contest that I put in here for this fortnight. So, we'll move on to the next few things. I don't really have any announcements unless anyone has something that is not in the show notes. And I'm guessing they don't <laughs> no yep no. no i don't even have a ham radio challenge or an open source challenge for this week either unless you want to i don't know do something amateur radio or open source <laughs> yeah the announcement is uh from tony huntsville is still on so, so far so, so far, far so far yeah if, <laughs> if we get hasn't a, canceled it if we get a little closer to huntsville and it continues to be on we will probably go. Well, Bill's so. going to Europe. He just said, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, I might to be able to escape, but uh, we'll see. Just we'll play <laughs> just it by ear. Don't go to Italy. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah <laughs> Ireland. Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Nice. Make sure to bring me back some whiskey. Uh, yeah, I'll try not to drink it all. <laughs> so we'll bring you back an empty bottle there you go yeah so. lots of uh, lots of uh, reminders of what was there that i drank <laughs> i don't really remember this one but i think it was good yeah yeah so. yeah so yeah officially be there well unless not anything changes like from january 15th until april 15th of uh, next year next year next yeah. year yeah we're talking about Huntsville this year. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I know. Save up his money. Yeah. Got to plan and save and stuff like that, right. you know, because, you know, I'm a hardworking man and, you know. <laughs> well, we'll let <laughs> people know like how that. it goes, whether or not we're going to set up at, <laughs> at Huntsville this year. It all, you know, it all depends on how things are, you know. Yeah, what's a booth cost there? We haven't even looked at that stuff. It's a hell of a yeah, lot yeah, less yeah, than yeah. Hamvention, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> is it all indoors, too, right? Yeah, yes, it is. it is all indoors uh-huh. as well. So, anyway, there's that. So, um, we're going to move on to some open source topics for tonight, or this weekend in open source. And our distro to try is uh, the big release, the big dog of the day. Ubuntu 20.04, Focal Fossa, has been released. Even though it's not officially an LTS yet until, as we found out from Bill, it's a 2004.1, which is well, not yet. it's not official in a due release upgrade. So it will not, uh, it will not upgrade automatic, automatically if you're on the old LTS unless you add the, uh, tack dash D. Yeah. Right. So, which, uh, which means that Ubuntu has released a long term support release that they don't trust. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, you never, you never, you know, you never install the dot o. Never the dot o. That's right. Always so you've already experienced this firsthand on your uh, shack computer. So, uh, which but, I'm going to be ripping apart and reseeding all the hardware in, just to make <laughs> sure something. It, it just seems really weird. I mean, there's really not much difference. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. But anyway, yeah, so uh so you've installed the GNOME version, right? The standard Ubuntu yes, twenty oh four. Ubuntu twenty oh four GNOME version. And, yes. and we talked on the last show that I've installed the Zubuntu version as well in the VM and uh that went flawlessly. So uh so this would be a good like open source challenge. If you want to try this, try it. But somebody try the budgie edition and give us some feedback on how well that looks and works. Cause I haven't touched a uh, budgie in Ubuntu in a since, well, since at least 1804, probably before. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear, hear your success and failures on that and what you think of uh budgie. Yeah. So, uh, give us some feedback on that. Hit that. Uh, what's our number for that fancy hotline you have that can leave a voicemail that nobody ever leaves us voicemails on? <laughs> yeah, no. It is. It's in one. This- plus plus one because it's in the united states and if you're on a cell phone you don't have to put that in (laughs) uh area code nine zero nine which i don't know where that is i think it's washington or something like that but the the rest of the number is five four seven seven four six nine nine zero nine five four seven seven four six nine and if you can't remember that it's nine zero nine l H S show. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, leave us a message and tell us all about your experience installing uh, Ubuntu 2004. Since you have nothing better to do except for distro hop while you're still at home, or maybe you're, you're like in a partial release where you can kind of go out and, you know, hit the, uh, hit the retail shop and maybe not quite restaurants or something like that. But uh, we'd like to know and hear back from you and which, uh, which, which version you tried. I mean, there's like Ubuntu Studio. There's, there's the one with KDE Plasma you can try, but try one that we haven't and give us some feedback on it. That would be great. Yep. And normally we play voicemail on the show. If you leave us feedback and you don't want us to play your voicemail, just say so in the, in the voicemail and we'll mention you without airing you. Um, but most people are sort of quasi narcissistic, right? So they want to hear themselves be played. <laughs> so, uh, call us, leave us voicemail. We love voicemail. Voicemail is great. And you know why voicemail is great? Because it's two or three minutes of a program. We don't have to do ourselves. That's, yeah. that's why we like it. So, all right. So try out Ubuntu 2004. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. And guess what? We're down to the good stuff now. <laughs> so this week in hedonism, and we start as always in hedonism with food because nothing is more essential to life than food and drink. So let's start with food. What do we got tonight? All right. Tonight's recipe is for the Hawaiian dreams cake. You know, and it's Russ and I are not super big on desserts, but occasionally we must do desserts. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to do dessert. Yeah, sometimes you got to do it. So, and of course, dessert for me, if it has pineapple or coconut, I'm all about it. Russ, not so much. He likes them, but meh. If it's pineapple or coconut flavored alcohol, I'm all in. <laughs> Just drizzle rum all over it. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> Float a little rum on top of that cake. It'll make it all the much better. All better, yeah. We just changed the recipe. So anyway, um, this includes a package of French vanilla instant pudding mix, a white cake mix, crushed a can of crushed pineapple, uh, some coconut. Uh, toasting is optional with that. Of course, it's better. Pecans or macadamia nuts and a container of frozen whip topping, otherwise known as Cool Whip. No, don't say that. You can't say uh, copyrighted names. What are you talking about? Yeah, whatever. 
because like they give a crap anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so you have to say yeah. you have to say frozen whip dessert topping, like they do I on container frozen whip topping. That's what I'm saying. It's this like they is do not on the Price Is Right. <laughs> you can make whip topping real easy with a little bit of sugar and a little bit of heavy whipping cream. Yeah, well, that's true. Tastes yeah. way better. Way better. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's well, very good. The, 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 this, this is the lazy man's version, right? So. Uh, Little Although, ready whip. You know, oh, I said it too. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not ready whip. A cool whip. The only thing ready whip is good for. The only thing ready with it, ready whip is good for is huffing. So. Oh, whippets. Yeah. Yeah. The whippets. <laughs> yeah. We've got a can. No, only Lysol is good for huffing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that way you get a chemical buzz and a sugar high at the same time. So. <laughs> this is no hedonism kids, after all, right? Man, I think we're giving it. out all the all right information. The, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> So, uh, prepare the pudding as directed on the package. Let that chill for about an hour. Make the cake. Let it cool down in the pan. Um, and then spread the pudding over the cake. Spoon the pineapple over the pudding. Put the coconut on top of that. Then pineapple, or then pecans or macadamia nuts. More whipped topping, more, more pecans, you know, et cetera. So, and that, that is your, that is your Hawaiian dreams cake. So. All right. Yeah, I've made this before, right? I have. It's been a long. Yeah, time. I can't remember the last time you did it, but I, I do remember you doing it. Dad was still alive, so it's been at oh, least that's a long time ago, or fifteen yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. All right, this was one of Dad's favorite cakes. So, so give that a try if you've got an inkling to it, and make sure to do the whipped cream yourself if you don't want to be lazy and grab the stuff from the store. But you know, yeah, it is whatever. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, moving on. Uh, it's now time for my drink corner. And tonight I'm going to be talking about Highland Park 12 single malt scotch, which is actually a readily accessible island scotch from Orkney Islands in Scotland. This usually runs, this, this, uh, is usually something I talk about at the end, but I'll just talk about it at the top. It usually runs about 50 to $55 a bottle. And the description coming straight from Highland Park is, it reflects the unique culture of our remote island home in Orkney, part of Scotland, yes, but originally belonging to a vast Viking kingdom. At Highland Park, we honor the spirit of our Viking ancestors, sharing their pride, integrity, and fierce independence, and we distill our award-winning whiskey to the same exacting standards introduced in 1798 by our founder, Magnus Junsen, a descendant of those early Viking settlers. So uh, I have reviewed Highland Park on the show before, but that was Dark Origins, which is a sort of special release. Highland Park, this is their standard 12-year age statement whiskey. It's a single malt, of course, so it's made of barley. It's produced at 43%, 86 proof. And as I already said, it comes from Orkney Islands in Scotland. The color is, according to them, glowing amber. So, which, uh, you know what? I can actually kind of agree with that. It's a light amber color, so glowing. Sure, why not? So I copied down someone's nose, taste, and finish description of this whiskey, and then I nosed, tasted, and finished it myself, and everything I got was nothing that they got. (laughs) So your mileage is definitely going to vary on this one, although I will say most people regard Highland Park 12 pretty highly. Even if it's not their favorite thing, I've never seen a review of it less than like three and a half stars. As far as a like 
ready to go off the shelf, reasonably priced, accessible single malt scotch, it's probably hard to beat something like Highland Park 12 because it has a little bit of that island flavor, a little bit of that smoke and salt and sea air, but it's also mixed with some of the other sort of well-known characteristics of scotch like fruits and sweetness nuts and things like that so it kind of has a little bit of everything or a little bit of something for every one so for me the nose was salted lemon in other words lemon kind of like with a little bit of a savory edge to it unripe bananas sea salt seaweed if you've ever see I, i used to live on the coast so i used to be able to smell seaweed all the time not like Japanese nori seaweed. Every part of the world has their own seaweeds, but from the part of the country that I'm from, it definitely has that essence. Like uh, red tide seaweed? Not not red tide. <laughs> no. It's it not the smell like of death. death. It's <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, a little bit of a little bit of charcoal smoke, but very very light. Uh, some tropical fruit. I'm thinking along the lines of mango and possibly pineapple, that I don't really get pineapple specifically. I get a tiny bit of musty honey on the nose. I couldn't describe it any other way. It's like honey, but, and I didn't want to say bitter because it's not bitter, but just sort of off a little bit. So I just went with musty. And there's a tiniest hint of dark chocolate. And this is all on the smell. That, that's before you even taste it. So that's pretty cool. The taste was kind of interesting to me, a little bit different with some of the same characteristics. The first thing that hit me was malt balls, like Whoppers, chocolate-covered, yeah, chocolate-covered malt balls, quite distinctly, with a hint of white pepper, almond roca, then vanilla, oak, and then some of that tropical fruitiness on the back end, along with some citrus, so you could call it mango or nectarine along with oranges or possibly even lemons or limes, something like that. Sort of a a fading essence of fruitiness on the taste. And that sort of fades into a little bit of smoke and salt, maybe sea air, some of the oak from the barrel, a tiny little bit of that tropical fruitiness, and then a grassy note at the very end. So there's all kinds of flavors in this, and it's just going to be up to you to decide if the combination of flavors on the nose, palate, and finish actually work for you. But from what I've seen in reviews all across the Internet, from all walks of life in all parts of the world, everyone thinks this is at least reasonably good, and in some cases, very good. So as I said before, you can buy a bottle for like 55 bucks right in there somewhere, depending on your taxes and so on locally. And I'm going to give it a fairly high score of an 89. If you can find Highland Park and the new ones called like Viking Courage or something like that. The new ones, the the new bottlings are kind of neat. I have an old one here. It's worth a shot. If you're looking for a single malt scotch that doesn't break the bank and has lots of different flavor characteristics, Highland Park 12 might be your go-to. And Bill, what do you got over there? I have a bourbon meal. (laughs) uh bourbon mules those are good yeah my favorite kind of mule i know you guys like the regular mules with whatever vodka or something crappy in it but uh (laughs) (laughs) so i found a, a bold canada dry at the grocery store the other day 
And uh, I was like, okay, I'm in. I, I love a nice, bold, gingery candle, you know, uh, uh, ginger ale. And um, I think the last one I talked about was with the uh, cock and bull, which is an extremely bold ginger you know, beer or ginger ale or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, the bold Canada dry. Wow. That, that's really good. It's like just enough of a, of an extra kick to it. It's not overbearing, but it, uh, wow, it's really good. And it pairs very well with the, uh, wild Turkey one one I have in here. And, uh, yeah, I can't complain. It's, uh, it's a great, great way to have a mule. That's not, you know, a vodka thing or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only uh, kind of mule you should have, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy to say that my bar now has Wild Turkey 101 in it. So when I did the review of it a few episodes ago, I was doing it blind because I love Wild Turkey 101, but I haven't had any forever. Yeah. So now I have some again. Although it's going quick. Yeah, I just keep running out of mine. I don't know what's wrong. I think there's a hole in the bottom of the bottle. Well, I haven't drank that much of it. I'm just saying. It's It's going quick. It's going quick. Pretty easy to drink it. It is very easy drinking. One thing I will say, though, um, we have a bottle of Pinnacle Habanero Vodka, which has very few uses, but I have made a couple of different. What you do is, at least what I've done, is you make a regular mule like what you did. You know, you make a bourbon mule or whatever. Yeah. that you like um with your ginger beer and your lime and you know whatever bourbon you prefer and the nice thing about this habanero vodka is it doesn't have any residual taste other than the habanero it basically just takes something and makes it hot <laughs> so <laughs> you pour a little bit of that into like a bourbon mule mm-hmm. and, and you get a nice spicy eat. bourbon mule it's it's really wonderful for that i would never recommend it for use in any other thing <laughs> We did Bloody Marys with it that one night. You said it was okay. Yeah, it was actually good in that, too. Anything anything that has a lot of flavor that stands out on its own that you just want to add a little bit of spice to, it's perfect for that. Yeah, otherwise, all it tastes like is just fire. Right. Just fire, yeah. Yeah. Not like hot dam or one of those. No, no, no. No, it's it's like Ralph Wiggum said, it tastes like burning. Yeah, you you need to review the next time is hot dam, right? Isn't that the one that tastes like atomic fireball or something like that? That and uh, fireball. Yeah, fireball. Fireball. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, hot hot dam, fireball. um, Yeah, they're basically just tastes like atomic hotball or atomic uh, fireballs. fireballs, Yeah, yeah, as a alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Generally speaking, I guess not. (laughs) All right. Well, we don't have any music for tonight, so that means we have come down to the end of the show, and we want to recognize the folks who are here with us live chatting. And we had a great night of folks being here with us live. And those folks are Paul, KE5WMA, Don, KC9ZMY, Dan, KF5TQN, Darren, VK6EK, Tony, KM4HSD, Steve, KA7HVT, Ted, WA0EIR, Jonas Rulo. Anybody want to say it? Did, did you mention Jonas? Jonas, yeah. All right, very good. Okay. Sure. And Jim, VE5EV, <laughs> and if anybody was paying attention, I actually skipped a name because I wanted to put it at the end. We have uh, Tom, and for Hi! Hi! <laughs> so hello anyway 
It'll be a thing till the end of time. <laughs> that sounds like a little, little like, hello. <laughs> All right. Grandma answering the door going, hello. Hello. <laughs> All right. Let's get Are the hell out of here. Are you social distancing? <laughs> Thanks, Please everybody. Nice. For listening. <laughs> We're gonna go. We're, we're all gonna go pass out. Anyway, this has been episode number three hundred and forty-two of Links in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO, <laughs> and I'm Bill any 